0: These aren't my favorite songs. They're not even necessarily the best songs, but rather, My Life as a Playlist. As you're listening to this show, we're either in the final days of voting in the 2020 election, the election is over and we know who won, or the election is over and we don't yet know who won, and chaos is ensuing. If you're hearing this, and there are even hours left, Turn off this podcast right now, go make a few more phone calls, send a few more texts, or talk to a few more family members and friends, even if it's uncomfortable, and convince them why they should vote for Biden-Harris. While I could do an entire show just listing the reasons why, I'm going to focus on reproductive rights and birth control and abortion access today. With Amy Coney Barrett having been confirmed to the Supreme Court this week, these rights are more under threat than they have been at any time since before the passage of Roe v. Wade. The day after the election, the new 6-3 conservative Supreme Court will be reviewing a decision in Fulton v. the City of Philadelphia which prohibited a religious foster care agency from discriminating against same-sex couples. The case is brought by a taxpayer-funded religious-affiliated foster care agency seeking to reject same-sex couples as foster parents. You'd think, logically, the supposed pro-life crowd would want as many babies to have loving homes as possible, but of course their ideology isn't based in the loving care of babies, but in controlling the bodies and lives of anyone who isn't a straight white man. This week, the Mississippi Attorney General also petitioned the Supreme Court to review the state's 15-week abortion ban, a case that directly challenges Roe v. Wade and has the potential to reverse it. Thinking about the threats to reproductive healthcare and wanting to highlight the issue on my show inspired me to research the past six decades of abortion song history in the United States. Last week, I researched 109 songs about abortion by Billboard Charting Artists, and this week I'm shining a lens on the 19, yes, that's right, only 19 artists over the past 60 years who performed the 21 pro-choice songs. Who are these artists who are brave enough not to cloak their views in vagueness or metaphors or both sides narrative but to proudly and unabashedly advocate for reproductive rights and equality? And yes, I recognize it's been safer for certain groups to take a stand than others in the music industry. What were the three major themes in these songs? And why were more than half of these pro-choice songs from the 1990s with half of those songs or a quarter of our playlist today? from the year 1993. Coincidentally, this was my junior year of high school. A little background into early 90s abortion history. In 1992, the Supreme Court and Planned Parenthood v. Casey, Casey being Bob Casey, the Democratic governor of Pennsylvania from 1987 to 1995, who led the anti-abortion wing of the Democratic Party at that time, reaffirmed the core of Roe v. Wade holding that states may not ban abortion or interfere with a woman's decision to have an abortion. The court did uphold a 24-hour mandatory waiting period and parental consent laws. Anti-abortion activists dismayed and disheartened over the ruling, escalated both in rhetoric and in violence. Less than a year later, in 1993, abortion protester Michael Griffin yelled, don't kill any more babies, and then shot abortion provider Dr. David Gunn three times in the back outside his clinic in Pensacola, Florida, during a March demonstration. Griffin was sentenced to life in prison. In response to Dr. Gunn's murder, the National Director of Rescue America, the group holding the anti-abortion protest stated, quote, while Gunn's death is unfortunate, he would not refer to him as doctor. It's also true that quite a number of babies' lives will be saved." End quote. Later the same year, Shelley Shannon was convicted and sentenced to 11 years in prison for the attempted murder of Dr. George Tiller. Shelley Shannon called Michael Griffin, quote, the awesomest, greatest hero of our time, End quote. The next year, anti-abortion activist Paul Hill called Dr. Gunn's death a, quote, justifiable homicide, and then killed Dr. John Britton and James Barrett in Pensacola, Florida. Even today, abortion providers are routinely threatened with death and clinics are sent bomb threats and vandalized. Obtaining an abortion as a young woman in the 90s, the most terrifying part of my ordeal was walking through protesters shouting obscenities and then worrying about bombs and violence while in surgery. I have immense respect for abortion providers, their nurses, and staffs. The majority of those who obtain abortion are young, of lower socioeconomic status, and many have difficult home lives. So, repressive rules like waiting periods, parental notification, forced viewing of ultrasounds, and violent protesters are all needlessly punishing and cruel. Unsurprisingly, more progressive artists and bands in the 90s responded to this violence by decrying the murders of abortion providers like Dr. Gunn, and today I'm going to discuss these songs, as well as a, I'm going to mention all the pro-choice songs on the list today. <laughs> And then she heads for the clinic and she gets some static walking through the door They call her a killer and they call her a sinner and they call her a whore If you don't like abortion, don't have an abortion And teach your children how they can avoid them But don't treat all women like they are your children For the purposes of organizing the show, I've separated the songs into three major themes. Every song on this list is categorized as falling under one of these three. The first theme, and the least common, were pro-choice songs that demonstrate empathy for the woman undergoing the abortion. In contrast to Abortion is Murder songs, these three artists call us to look at the humanity of a person faced with this difficult choice. And while ideally, I don't think the choice should inherently have to be difficult, societal restrictions and people's judgment has made it so. First up, Kinky Friedman in his 1974 song, Rabbit City, South Dakota, writes, quote, There's a doctor in Chicago. I know she'll be all right. He told himself as he stared into the night. I hope to God she finds the goodbye letter that I wrote her and all the people treating her just like they never knowed her. Lord, the winter's pass and slow in Rapid City, South Dakota, end quote. Friedman wrote several songs that Rolling Stone says, quote, lampooned small-minded bigotry, end quote. While his critics say that some of his songs were so full of bigotry that he blurred the line between social commentary and promoting bigotry himself. Also known as The Kingster, he was one of the only 1970s Jewish Nashville country stars. He's also sung about the Holocaust, the post-civil rights South, and mass shootings. He famously stated that he supported gay marriage because, quote, they have every right to be as miserable as the rest of us, And quote. But overall, sadly, as he's aged, much like the majority of white men in the United States, has grown more conservative, saying he doesn't identify with modern democratic politics and was sympathetic to Trump's candidacy. So, thank you for your 1970s pro-choice song, but on to the next. Fleetwood Mac released the song Sarah in 1993. However, we only really know this song is about abortion because Stevie Nicks herself says so. Because there's nothing overtly about abortion in the song, I question whether to include it on the list. But since Stevie Nicks has cross-generational appeal and is a large enough name, and she herself says so, I did. And since her description of her abortion is a loving one, with no mention of regret or pain, I consider it pro-choice. I love this song as a kid because its title is my name, but with the alternate smelling, no age. But also because the emotion in her voice and the poetry of the lyrics nearly bring me to tears every time I hear it. Quote, Sarah, you're the poet in my heart. Never change, never stop. But now it's gone. It doesn't matter what for. But when you build your house, then call me home. End quote. She says the father of the baby was Eagle's lead singer, Don Henley, and if she'd had the baby, she would have named her Sarah. The song's also one of the highest charting on the entire abortion playlist, having spent months on the Billboard charts, including three weeks at number seven. The third of the four Empathy songs belongs to P.J. Harvey. Her 2007 song, When Under Ether. Unlike Stevie Nicks, P.J. Harvey won't confirm for certain the song is about abortion, but the lyrics themselves convince the majority of her fans that it is. Quote, The woman beside me is holding my hand. I point at the ceiling. She smiles so kind. Something's inside me, unborn and unblessed, disappears in the ether, this world to the next." End quote. The song touches me because I remember the kindness of the nurse who held my hand and reassured me throughout my own abortion. This song was the lead single from her White Chalk album and Rolling Stone ranked it the 31st best song of the year. Finally, my favorite empathy-themed song is from the Grammy Award-winning former House of Pain frontman Everlast from 2008, titled What It's Like. A song I decided I incorrectly coded in the first go-round, and so I moved it from the neutral to the pro-choice list. A huge commercial hit, the song reached number one on the mainstream rock chart and stayed there for nine weeks. It also peaked at number 13 on the Billboard Hot 100. This entire song is about empathy. Empathy for the poor, for the mentally ill, for those struggling with addiction, and for a woman who had an abortion. He raps. She heads for the clinic and she gets some static walking through the door. They call her a killer and they call her a sinner and they call her a whore. God forbid you ever had to walk a mile in her shoes, because then you really might know what it's like to have to choose. Everlast has continued espousing progressive politics, calling Trump a, quote, fucking racist piece of shit, end quote, and sending him a cease and desist letter for using jump around at his campaign rallies, and has also said with regards to Trump, quote, fuck that dude. I'll smack that fucker's comb over right off his fucking scalp. This man is going to ruin this country single-handedly. End quote. All I have to say to that is, thank you, and where do I buy your merch? I think I may have fallen into revenge here and away from empathy, so back to the original point. As feminist political essayist Ellen Willis writes, quote, And yet, women keep trying. They put off the rent or the utilities to scrape together the $500 for a first-trimester abortion. They drive across whole states to get to a clinic and sleep in their cars because they can't afford a motel. They do not do this because they are careless sluts or because they hate babies or because they fail to see clearly what their alternatives are. They see the alternatives all too clearly. We live in a society that is actively hostile to women's ambitions for a better life. Under these conditions, the unwillingly pregnant woman faces a terrifying loss of control over her fate. Abortion is an act of self-defense end quote. The second theme, which is also the second most common, is two-pronged, and both have to do with legality. Half of the songs in this grouping are about tragedies that are the result of an illegal abortion, while the other half are more straightforward pleas to keep abortion legal. Last week, I covered Diggable Planet's La Femme Fetal, one of our several songs from 1993, the one I considered the best of the Keep It Legal songs. I won't rehash that here. Next. Not to be confused with Everlast, the post-grunge band Everclear released the song Pennsylvania is Rock in 1993 as a response to Bob Casey's abortion restrictions in the state, singing, quote, I got a card today from a girl I know. She had to leave the state for a choice she made. She says she feels just like a hostage in her home. Hey, 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 Pennsylvania, end quote. One year earlier, singer-songwriter Jeffrey Gaines, best known for his cover of In Your Eyes from the film Say Anything, and who was also charted hits in the adult Top 40, and who has played with many A-list musicians, including Stevie Nicks, in his song Choices advocates for keeping it legal, singing, quote, There are those who call it murder and say that it's a sin, but I still can't understand your view. Please respect that it's my life, my mind, and my body, and leave my choices alone, end quote. Folk rock singer Anita Franco, a 90s icon, has released an entire catalog of feminist anthems and has supported grassroots organizations in the fight for social justice and the rights of women and the LGBTQ plus communities. As she told the Huffington Post in 2016, quote, as a society, it is time to acknowledge that unless a woman is in control of her own reproduction, she is not free and it is the responsibility of our American government to protect and ensure the freedom of all American citizens. It's time we get serious about addressing and achieving this great unfinished business of civil rights in America. The true emancipation and equality of women is dependent on it. End quote. Just this month, she released a music video for her new song, Do or Die, where she sings, quote, and if you think your vote doesn't matter, then you're not paying attention. End quote. She also supports the Breathe Act, which is described on its website as a visionary bill that divests taxpayer dollars from discriminatory policing and invests in a new vision of public safety. Her 2012 song, Amendment, is one of the most blatantly pro-choice songs on the list, and it reads as a poem. My favorite lyrics being a tie between her sarcastic quip, quote, chicks got it good now, they can almost be president, end quote, And the more earnest, if you don't like abortion, don't have an abortion. And teach your children how they can avoid them. But don't treat women like they are your children. I wish I could say I was a big fan of Ani's from the beginning, but while some of my friends were fans of hers and indie activist artists like her in the 1990s, I was much more mainstream than preferring Top 40 Hip Hop and Diva Pop. So now I'm excited to go through her entire catalog. And that's not to say that a lot of hip hop wasn't also socially active because it definitely was, just that I wasn't as much into the Lilith Fair artists at the time. But that's great because now there's so much I can listen to that is new to me. Some artists who address the legality of abortion focused on the dangers of illegal abortion, especially the harms it causes to underprivileged women. According to Lindsay Apperson at PopulationConnection.Action, the Hyde and helms amendments have severely undercut efforts to provide comprehensive reproductive health care for women. By imposing unnecessary restrictions on U.S. funding for abortions, these two laws have been especially devastating for women in poverty. Neither amendment prevents affluent women from accessing abortion. They just ensure that women who are poor are deprived of safe abortion services. While the Hyde Amendment adds to the oppression of women living in poverty in the U.S., the Helms Amendment hurts women abroad. Helms only prohibits U.S. funding for abortion as, quote, a method of family planning, end quote, but it's been consistently misinterpreted to ban funding under any circumstances, even in the cases of rape, incest, or danger to the life of the woman. Thus, women around the world turn to back-alley procedures. According to the World Health Organization website, 22 million women, the vast majority of them in developing countries, have unsafe abortions every year. And every year, 47,000 women die due to unsafe abortions. And because of the Helms Amendment, the U.S. can't do much, and the Trump administration doesn't want to do anything, to put an end to this, quote, preventable pandemic, end quote. Tens of millions of women around the world rely on U.S. funded programs for their reproductive health care. Most of them live in poverty-stricken countries. Some are being forced to carry the babies of their rapists as terrorist groups use rape as a weapon of war. Others give up their education to raise children that they did not intend to have. The abortion declaration the Trump administration signed just last week will exacerbate this problem. Low-income women and women of color already face greater barriers in accessing reproductive health services such as contraception, STI testing, and maternity care, making them more susceptible to unintended pregnancies. The Hyde Amendment further perpetuates their marginalization by preventing their access to safe abortion. Hyde himself said that his goal was to stop every woman from having an abortion. Activist Dr. Malvina Reynolds, doctor because she has a doctorate in English, Began her songwriting career later in life than most and was in her mid-forties when she performed Back Alley Surgery, one of the few unabashedly pro-choice songs of the 1970s. You may know her from her most popular song, Little Boxes, which was featured on the television show Weeds, or from her musical contributions to Sesame Street. In Back Alley Surgery, she sings, quote, yes, back alley surgery, kitchen knife solutions, wire hanger abortions for the poor, Well to do people can manage well, anything they need they can buy and sell, but the teenage drifter can walk in hell or roll on the backroom floor. Pop icon Cindy Lauper in her nineteen ninety three song Sally's Pigeons also decries the dangers of illegal abortion and laments the death of her friend who died from an abortion when she was a teenager. She sings quote two little girls in ponytails some twenty one years back. She left one night with just a nod. Was lost from some back alley job. I close my eyes and Sally's pigeons fly. She never saw those birds again. End quote. And in 1999, punk rockers and anti-capitalists, anti-flag, who are well known for their politically charged lyrics and activism, and who happen to be from my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, sing, quote, slaughtered by the hands of a butcher, the hands of the butcher were the hands of a doctor. And are these the golden days that you want to bring back? making it illegal won't make it go away, the rich will fly off to poor lands, the poor will stay and pray, End quote. Which brings us now to the most common theme of all the pro-choice songs, hypocrisy. Even a few of the songs that fit better in the categories of empathy or legality also mention hypocrisy, but ten or about half of the songs on this list focused on the hypocrisy of the supposed pro-life crowd. While I'm not going to cover every song on the list in detail, lest this episode get far too long, I'm going to at least briefly name all of them and then discuss a few in greater detail. From 1973, Yoko Ono, whose song What a Mess I Missed and Failed to Include on my first list, I added this week. She sings, quote, If you keep hammering anti-abortion, we'll tell you no more masturbation for men. Every day you're killing sperm in the billions, so how do you feel about that, brother? what a waste to have to talk to a phony like you, end quote. From 1981, in the Dead Kennedys song Moral Majority, whose entire song I highly recommend for their unapologetic, caustic lyrics, their work was often so controversial and provocative, many music stores refused to stock their music. Cello Biafra sings, quote, you don't want abortions, you just want battered children. You want to ban the pill as if it solves the problem. Now you want to force us to pray in school." God must be dead if you're such a fool." End quote. Bad Religion, who has two songs on the pro-choice playlist, Way to Go Bad Religion, is from my current hometown of Los Angeles, California. They're one of the best-selling punk rock bands of all time, having sold over 5 million albums worldwide. They've recorded 17 studio albums and are working on their 18th right now. In their 1990 song, Operation Rescue, named for the radical anti-abortion group who equated abortion with the Holocaust, they sarcastically quip, quote, the rectifying troop is here, the ones we've needed all these years, to stop the heinous wrongdoings and verify our moral benevolence as a people. Operation Operation Rescue, they're here to right our fall, they've heard a troubled call. You wonder where they come from? I just wonder why they're here at all. End quote. In 1993, three short years later, they call out the hypocrisy of anti-abortionists once again after the murder of Dr. Gunn in the song Don't Pray On Me. Quote, lay hands off her body, it's not your fucking life. I don't know what stopped Jesus Christ from turning every stone into bread, and I don't remember hearing how Moses reacted when the innocent firstborn sons laid dead. End quote. Harsh, but necessary. Anti-fascist band Nuclear Assault literally named their 1991 song, Hypocrisy, and they repeat the word throughout the song, telling anti-abortion Christians to, quote, go back to your Bible belt, you've got a lot to learn. Are you pro-life when you bomb their clinics, killing the unborn and the born? Wallow in hypocrisy, end quote. Bluesy grunge band Mudhoney's 1995 song, FDK, addressed anti-abortion hypocrites, who claim to care about the fetus, but refuse to support any type of social safety nets for mothers or babies post-birth, saying, quote, I'm all for life until the bastard's born. After that, he's out on his own. And if he does crime, trying to survive, I'll make damn sure he gets electrified, end quote. Two-for-one hypocrisy. Hypocrisy about abortion and the death penalty. In addition to Yoko Ono, two other women sang about the hypocrisy of anti-abortion activists. Laura Jane Grace, lyricist and lead singer for the punk band Against Me, who also happens to be one of the first highly visible punk rock musicians to come out as transgender, wrote her song, White Crosses, about how angry she'd get driving home from work and passing a church with the little white crosses outside on the lawn, symbolizing aborted fetuses. She sings, quote, I want to smash them all. I want to smash them all, end quote. Laura Jane Grace has continued her activism, burning her birth certificate and saying goodbye gender while protesting the North Carolina bathroom bill of 2016 that forced schools and public facilities to only allow people to use the bathrooms according to the sex on their birth certificate. Anita Franco shows up here with her song, Hello Birmingham, singing, quote, I was once escorted through the doors of a clinic by a man in a bulletproof vest and no bombs went off that day. So I am still here to say, Birmingham, end quote. This brings us to the final two songs on the anti-abortion playlist dealing with hypocrisy. In doing this research, I was surprised that I'd never heard of Marilyn Manson's Get Your Gun, written about the murder of Dr. Gunn the year before, because I wasn't a fan of his genre of music at the time, which is a shame because apparently he wrote lots of socially progressive songs. Get Your Gun was released as a single from his debut album Portrait of an American Family which he co-produced with Trent Reznor. Multiple critics have deemed it one of the most controversial songs of all time, and it was even blamed by the far right for the Columbine High School massacre. Manson, however, says it's the best song off that album and one of his best songs of all time, openly pro-choice for his entire music career after a run-in he had with an anti-abortion protester when he was young. About Dr. Gunn's murder, Manson said, quote, "It almost made me laugh, but it made me mad." When you think about it, it's so fucking backwards, despite the whole Christian belief of love thy enemy and all that, end quote. And also in Rolling Stone, the quote, Dr. Gunn's death was the ultimate hypocrisy I witnessed growing up, that these people killed someone in the name of being pro-life, end quote. Manson sings, quote, pseudo-morals work real well on the talk shows for the week, but your selective judgments and good guy badges don't mean fuck to me, end quote. MTV mostly refused to play the music video, but it did appear on some episodes of Headbangers Ball. This brings us to our 21st and final song. Metal band Machine Head's Halo, released in 2006, includes the lyrics, quote, Swallow not the shit they feed. This is a right to life, not the religious rights act. This is abortion's knife, aiming at the womb of the Christian conspiracy, end quote. Rob Flynn, the band's lead singer, is a huge supporter of Bernie Sanders and supported both his 2016 and 2020 runs. He criticized his fellow metalheads for not doing enough to fight for social justice and against Trumpism, saying, quote, the response has been a bit quiet, end quote. He's also lauded Taylor Swift for her clapbacks to Trump's tweets. He's a prolific political poster on Instagram and wrote on his band's website that Trump is, quote, the embodiment of everything that I cannot stand in a human being, end quote, and, quote, the epitome of the New York City elite coastal white privilege, end quote. Machine Head is donating a significant portion of their streaming proceeds to the Grassroots Law Project, the organization representing George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmad Arbery. Special thank you once again to the 19 artists who are brave enough to sing about a controversial issue and for their activism and fighting for social justice. If there are any artists or songs you feel I should have included on the pro-choice playlist but didn't, or let me know at lifeisaplaylist at gmail.com. And for the love of every person with the uterus in the United States, please vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris if you haven't already and protect our rights. I also recommend a donation to Planned Parenthood in your least favorite politician's name. Perhaps Lindsey Graham this week as he tells a young woman at his rally that, quote, there's a place for you in America if you are pro-life, if you embrace your religion, and you follow traditional family structures, end quote. What an awful human being. Sorry to leave on such a down note, but again, if you have a few more hours, a few more days, or even if we're post-election, there is a ton of work to do, so get busy. Until next time. What do you love about music? To begin with, everything.